0: Welcome to episode 6 of Adventures in Bad Parenting and Other Weird Stories. Episode 6 is Where is Your Mute Button? If you've ever dealt with children or a lot of adults, you sometimes wish they had a mute button because they say things that really, really embarrass you sometimes or also sometimes really hurt your feelings or that make you laugh because they should hurt your feelings. But the child said it with just such brash, you know, indifference that it's kind of funny. Chapter one, fun at Safeway. When my little boy was younger, we were he wouldn't talk very much. And we're kind of worried about it. And it was also sort of hard to understand. It was kind of like a mixture of grunting sounds and the sign language we had tried to teach him. It was like dealing with a caveman flashing gang signs most of the time. I have him in the shopping cart at Safeway. And we were in, like... Not the nice Safeway, we're in the Safeway that was not in the nice part of town. And I see this guy who just looks freaky. So we're creeping past this guy and they canned goods. And he turns and looks at me and I'm like, okay, don't make eye contact with the scary guy. But my son had it covered because at the top of his lungs he says, oh no, scary guy. And, you know, and of all the times you can't understand what he's saying or he chooses not to say anything, this was the time he decided to become articulate. And it's right as we're by scary guy. I do have to admit, despite the embarrassment, it was kind of a bonding moment because this wild, insane, you know, creature that ran around headbutting everyone and, you know, my own little private caveman slash gang member, I found out that he was afraid of the same person I was and that made me feel close to someone. Chapter 2. The time my only son ratted me out to the religious people. You know, when I first was trying to learn how to be a father. I thought I was doing an okay job, despite what other people might have said. Sometimes what I would try to do is kind of incentivize certain programs, like the potty training thing. Um My wife was like, he needs to wash his hands. I'm like, what? N- no, Like, I, I'm just glad I'm not cleaning up a bunch of pee off the floor. Like, And for those of you who are active listeners to this podcast, you've heard the bodily fluids episode. And, and I'll probably make more episodes after this that involved cleaning up messes that are, you know, biohazardous. So, yeah, I just thought our little boy was doing well when he just went and used the toilet like he was supposed to. You know, I'm just going to stick with what really matters here. Let's let's make this as easy as possible for this little person. I'm like one of those bosses that's like, hey, you did a great job Monday through Thursday. Don't come in Friday, you know? That's kind of how my approach, I wanted to make this an incentivized program, and my wife um, didn't like that at all. But what happened is we slipped the supervision of my wife. There's this really, you know, we had moved back to the States. There was this nice, like, religious family at church. They seemed pretty down to earth. I've never really, like, fit in with these kind of people. Like, I've always felt like I was just a little bit rough around the edges. Maybe there's something wrong with me. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> consider what I just told you. Anyway, they invited us over. It was just me and my son and... Uh, the husband from this family and their kids. And he was like, well, watch, I don't know, some game. I don't I don't watch sports. But I was like, oh, that's nice. Okay, I'll come over. And I brought my little boy to play with their little boys. And everything was actually going pretty good. And I'm bonding. And I'm like, I'm not that weird. There's nothing really wrong with me. You can get along with, like, really proper, good human beings. And then uh, the wife comes home. I don't know. She came home from a church thing, I think, ironically. And, uh, you know, we're like, hey, how are you, blah, blah, blah. Well, my son goes into their bathroom, uses their bathroom. (laughs) He walks out of their bathroom, and the wife, the religious wife, says to my little boy, Hey, did you wash your hands? And Clayton says, and I could feel it coming. Like, I knew it was coming. It was like the Matrix where you want to just, like, dive slow motion and, like, put your hand over his mouth so he doesn't say anything weird. Again, looking for that mute button. What he says to her was... My dad says I don't have to. And everyone looks at me like I'm Jack the Ripper. You know, and it's just like, uh, and how do I explain, you know, my my concept of incentivization and and efficiency and all of that, you know, to these good, humble, righteous folks. And she was such a nice lady about it. She she looked at my little boy and said to him, well, at my house you do. (laughs) And uh, we were never invited back. Alrighty. Chapter three, the Amusement park. So my wife, uh, requires that I go with her and the kids to the amusement park. You know how when you ride amusement park rides, it, it has a sign that says, you know, you can't ride this if you're pregnant that I like, I feel safe in line. I could stand in lines there all day because I know I'm amongst my kind of people. The, uh, the infertile kind, or at least the ones that are not apparently about to have birth. If what I said makes no sense to you, please listen to the episode called Pragers, where I talk about my fear of pregnant people and them getting me pregnant, and then this will make perfect sense to you. I promise. And so I- I'm happy there, but if you ever look like below the don't ride this if you're pregnant sign, below it, it says something about if you have neck or back pain, don't ride this ride. Uh, Yeah, I I have a lot of back pain. In fact, every part of me hurts most of the time. I wake up feeling that way. So I just want to stand in line. I don't want to ride the rides. Sometimes I just put the kids on the ride and then walk to the exit and wait by the exit till the ride's over. But uh, this time when we're driving into one of these places where you pay a lot of money to stand in line and feel safe from pregnant people, my little girl, you know, she's, she's blonde and pretty and cute and sweet. She says, Dad, you don't have to come with us next time. And I'm like, really? Because sometimes they go to these places and I stay home and play Xbox or sleep. And that's what I want. And I was like, thank you, sweetheart. And she's like, yeah, you shouldn't come here. You're afraid of everything. And and it's kind of true. Like, I am a terrible parent. I'm nervous and worried all the time, and apparently she's caught caught on to that. She also told me the other day when I was driving her home from karate, Dad, you should get a Tesla. And I was like, why? And she's like, well, you're a really bad driver and you're nervous all the time. So that's what I have to deal with. All right, chapter four. I wish you had a mute button so you wouldn't ruin Christmas. I love Christmas. I think... If my parents are listening, it's probably because of them. Uh, like, they tried really hard to make sure we had good Christmases. There were there was toys and food, and everything just went off really well. I always thought National Lampoon's vacation was funny as a kid. Um, I think for some people, that's a reality. Like, that's a documentary about their Christmas, so... Uh. Anyway, I love me some Christmas, and my favorite thing about Christmas, because I watched a boatload of TV as a kid, are all of the Christmas specials. You know, whenever I just see the logo for the Smurfs uh, Christmas, I, I feel like an eggnog injection into my veins of nostalgic, you know, wonder and love. Like, oh, your childhood isn't completely dead. But it's if you try to watch it, it's actually kind of hard to watch. Like, I get bored and distracted. So I try to use my children, as people do, use their kids. I try to use mine to watch these movies with me. So, well, one time, I pull out the Muppets Christmas Carol. I put that thing on, and the children, they come out of wherever they're con- they were, I think because they heard the Muppets singing, and they threw a fit. Again, that angelic blonde little girl that told me I'm scared of everything, and her sister, who's like her, her Robin to her Batman of, of evil there, start screaming. And I'm like, what? And they're like, this is... And I'm like, what? What's ready? No, they're Muppets. And good, you should watch this. It's made for kids. And the blonde one with those big angelic eyes says to me, Dad, they look like garbage. What child says that about Fozzie the bear? So I don't know. And I think they're actually kind of afraid of the Muppets. I remember as a child, when the Muppet band would play, I would get kind of a dark feeling. Like seriously, I would get afraid and kind of freaked out. I don't know if it was Animal or the, the dude with the gold tooth, but I, they did kind of spook me out. So I guess in a very unintended way, my children brought back part of my childhood to me, which is not the joy of Christmas, but the fear of Muppets and their music. So at least, you know, they got that done. All right, the final chapter, chapter five, not a mute button, but a bleep. So we're going to go see my parents, and we're parked in the parking lot outside of Walmart after getting all these snacks, and it's a good time, you know? We have all these snacks we shouldn't eat, and we got uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid in the stereo. It's going to be a long trip, but it's going to be a fun trip. And I thought, I need to brief the children. And I explained to them, you know, My mom and dad are, like, more conservative in some respects than your other grandparents, so there's certain things they probably don't feel comfortable talking about and certain words you shouldn't use while we're there. You know, instead of saying crap, say poop. You know, don't say butt, say bottom. So the briefing's going well, and the oldest two are nodding and, yeah, okay, all right. The four-year-old child, though, from the back of the vehicle says real loud, can we say every jaw in the SUV dropped. Like, I looked back at her, my wife looked back at her, even her older brother and sister looked back at her like, holy crap! And aside from the initial shock, there was the fear of getting ratted out again! (laughs) That my wife would ask, where did you learn that word? And my daughter would naturally say, oh, dad. But that didn't happen, thank goodness. But I'm so thankful if my little girl had any doubts about whether or not to use that word, she got that you know, straightened out in the car and not, you know, when we're eating dinner with my parents, who I honestly had never heard say that word. If you wonder what word it was, eh, it was bad. (laughs) Anyway, we're all going to get through this, mute buttons or no, hang in there.